everybody, welcome back to another episode of the No Easy Way Out podcast. My name is Tony Nash, and we are coming to you, as always, from the Woodworth Building in beautiful downtown Owasso, home to my company, AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. Now, we have a guest today who's a repeat. We had her on in season one with uh, one of her partners, trainers, uh, and we did that because my wife and I were currently going through their six-week challenge, and so mostly we talked about that and about her newly acquired gym. Uh, you may already know who I'm talking about, um, but recently, her and I, uh, I signed up for a class on a Saturday morning, because as you know, I'm doing 75 hard, um, and I was the only one that showed up, so it was just me and Coach Bree, and we spent a lot of time talking, and we were like, man, I wish we were mic'd up. This should have been a podcast. We were just talking about all things entrepreneurship and being business owners and the funds and the struggles and all those things, and so I said, let's do another episode in the new studio uh, you're always a great guest. Always enjoy talking to you. So I want to introduce to you our guest today, Brianna. Not, well, this is actually the first time Brianna Mara is on the show. You yeah. were Brianna Carroll, Brianna Carroll last time. So yep. welcome to the show, Brianna Mara. Thank you. Yeah. Married woman now. Yeah. I'm year in. I'm finally really, really used to saying it. I even write it well this time. Now. <laughs> you got the signature down. Yeah, I got the signature down. I think that would be so weird changing my last name. It's the weirdest is when you like someone deliver something and they ask you like oh can i get a name for that because you automatically i just go carol c-a-r-o-l-l like like, and so i finally that's the last thing that i really need to remember to switch is that (laughs) you know quick instinct it'll come it comes it'll come so you are the owner of fitness coliseum backroom crossfit and the studio yeah we'll get into that here in just a little bit but why don't you tell our audience for those who don't know why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself okay uh like tony said my name is brie mara uh i'm 30 years old i I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner here in Owasso. I'm from Ovidelsi, so not far from here. Um, grew up there, very small town, very, very small town. Uh, went to Michigan State and then uh, went to Florida for a little while, traveled around a little bit for a job, and then ended up back here in Michigan doing this. Um, I'm newly married, just over a year. Our one year anniversary was June 4th. Um, and newly, Already been a year, wow. Yeah, yep. So newly married, newly 30. Um, my birthday was just a month ago, and uh, yeah, just kind of loving life right now. We're building a house and kind of in that building a life stage, which <laughs> yeah. is really cool. And you married Thor. I married Thor. Yeah. Yep, my so husband. my kids call your husband Thor. Yep, my husband is six <laughs> foot four, like 300 pounds of muscle, long Huge hair right dude. now, Got tattoos. blonde locks, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a actually, man's man. He's actually been asked to be Thor for one of our friend's like five-year-old's birthday party, so we'll see if that happens. Yes, yes. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the business. So mm-hmm. tell our audience what is you know Fitness Coliseum and all the things that come with that. 
Yeah, so Fitness Coliseum is just the hub of fitness and community here in Owasso, um, and that's exactly what I wanted it to be. So we have kind of three gyms in one. We have a boot camp style gym. We have a CrossFit and weightlifting style gym. We have a studio. Um, so what we do is we offer as many types of fitness as we can so that as many people can find something that they like um, and that they can find it in a really supportive and well-run and just positive environment. So um, I'm someone who have, has always said the best type of fitness for you is the type that you'll do. And so we really kind of stand by that and we offer as much good quality fitness as we can in as many different ways as we can. Well, and that's how I met you. I met you through Missy. Yeah. Um, she used to work for me at Tanglewood. And uh, you were with her when you were talking about the Fitness Coliseum. And you were talking about this six-week challenge that you guys had. And then uh, we, I met with you guys just to talk about some marketing or branding and different things. And you said, we really want to promote this six-week challenge. And I said, you know what would be cool is if you had, like, somebody go through it and we videoed the whole thing it, yeah. yeah and i and i started describing like it should be like a middle-aged person with a family that's too busy didn't even realize i was describing myself <laughs> and i don't remember who it was that suggested whether you know maybe we should try it but i i i thought there's no way in the world my wife would ever do this like so i wouldn't even have considered us being the subjects of this because my wife does not like being on camera especially in a vulnerable position of just working out on camera you know mm -hmm. i mean that's a big uh, but, but you know, we started talking about it, and she was like, oh, I would do that. And I was like, oh, really? So then I thought, well, it would be good for me because I have a hard time sticking to any kind of fitness regimen because I'm very busy. I find all kinds of excuses. This, because I know we have to produce a video at the end, will force me to have work. to do it. Right. That's how we kind of yeah. strategized for you is we had to make it work. <laughs> we had related. to make it work. Yeah. And so we did it. Like, we went all in on the six-week challenge. I think I lost 30 pounds. She lost, I think, 15 uh, and then we did another six weeks and then we did like 18 weeks and I had lost like almost 70 pounds, mm -hmm. was in the best shape of my life. I think I in March, like March 14th or March 13th of 2020 was the last day I went to the gym and weighed in and I was like, because yeah, it was the day we closed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like two days before the gym closed and then all the gyms closed. And, you know, I, I at that point in my life, I was in such a good place working out, you know, three or four times a week, eating very healthy, no cheating. I mean, I just, I had changed my habits. Mm -hmm. and then the gyms closed and of course you were doing the live at home workouts. And at the time we were living at a place where there was no place in our house for us to work out. Plus we had six kids homeschooling every day and we tried to do it. We just couldn't. And I never thought I would like the boot camp style because I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm just a big dude. I don't want to be rolling around on the floor in front of a bunch of people. But what I found for me is the boot camp it really inspires me to keep going mm -hmm. because I always will like feel like I don't have any more and I look around and I see someone older than me or someone smaller than me and they're still going. I'm like, all right, I, I can do another, I can do another round. I can do a few more. That positive peer pressure. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. In a way. And the thing yeah. is you realize nobody's watching you. They're all, no. they're all looking at themselves. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's really worked for me. And of course, recently, you know, I started 75 hard, so I've come back and uh, it's always been the most effective fitness that I've ever done. And something that I've had easier time struggling with, of course, since COVID, uh, had a hard time, put almost all, well, actually put all the weight back on plus some. So anyways, we won't get into whole, my whole up and down roller coaster. Well, ride I think it is important to talk about just to acknowledge that like that doesn't mean you failed or that you like are done fitnessing for the rest of your life because right. you did it once and then something happened in your life that made you kind of regress. Yeah. Like, see, I am someone who totally believes in seasons of life and yeah. of 
business and in fitness. Pandemics. And, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, there's seasons, you know, that we go through and you just have to like kind of move into that next season. And now you're in another season where, of your life that you can focus on it again and pull up those old habits again and hopefully do it maybe a little bit easier this time. Yeah. Maybe let it stick a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm someone who totally believes in seasons and you know, I'm glad you're back in, in a season where you can focus on your fitness. Developing habits and trying to stick with them. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, no matter what, and I don't know if you ever get to a point where this changes, but for me, I always dread going to the gym always, <laughs> but I'm always so glad when I finish it yeah. every time I've never regretted doing it. I've never at the end of a workout, man, I wish I hadn't done that. And so it's just that, it's just that mental, like, I'm going to do this mm -hmm. and getting yourself to that point. But I liked what you said that it's finding something that works for you. Yeah. Um, you know, my son and I were going, he likes lifting weights. It's not my favorite thing. Um, cause I like to, you know, burn calories and sweat. So the boot camp works well for me, but finding something that works for you, I think is why that's nice. My wife loves the bar fit. And so it's just, mm -hmm. it's really, really cool. So you should check it out for sure. There's a lot of different varieties, and they have open weightlifting if you just want to go in and yeah. lift weights. So. Yep, and, and I really like um, that our open weightlifting has taken off because it lets people who you know want to run their own programming or do their own thing still be surrounded by a positive group of people. So we have you know a 5 a.m. group of probably 10 weightlift, open weightlifters that come in. They're all doing something different, so if you look at the gym, it looks incredibly chaotic yeah, yeah. but they're all there talking to each other supporting each other having fun encouraging yeah. each other being in an accountability for each other so it's cool um, even if you're not part of the classes to be just a part of the gym and it's a positive environment I mean everyone's yeah. there always encouraging it even though like you know my mistake always when I go back after being gone for a while is I try to jump back in on day one where I was the last and I always overwork myself you've had to like coach me through yeah tell you to slow passing down. out like a few yeah. times so but everyone's so encouraging, you know, the coaches and the other people there, you know, they're not trying to make you feel bad about it. They're just encouraging along. So I really like it. So um, for the audience, what do you, I mean, obviously you must enjoy it because you're there all the time. So what do you enjoy most about what you're doing? Um, in terms of what we do with the fitness and people, I really enjoy, obviously I love fitness, but the part of what I really enjoy is seeing adults have fun and like have hobbies in a community of people and friends because I feel like a lot of adults don't have that yeah. and so I really like that we've been able to create that um, around fitness you know yeah. you could have created it around other things um, I know you are you know you have a really good church community and friends and yep. things like that um, but we've created that same type of environment around fitness and I love that yeah. um, and then personally about what I do. Like I love the business of business yeah. like that. And that's kind of yeah. what we talked about the other For day. Sure. I enjoy figuring things out and coming in and having to you know do something new every day and just continue to make the gears work. You know, I just love that. Every day is different. Every day is different. Every day is a new challenge. Some days you win, some days you lose. For some days sure. you think you're going to file bankruptcy. Yeah. Some days you think you're going to be a millionaire, you know, and I love that. Uh, yeah. hundred percent is so up and down. Yeah. Uh, you'll have those moments where you just feel like, all right, I got it. Yes. This is only uphill from here. <laughs> and then you make all these decisions and you're like, all right, Take another step back, yep. figure it out again. And it is it is a challenge. It, sometimes it's sleepless nights. But if you have the entrepreneurial bug, if you really have it, yeah. then you enjoy it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people uh, maybe aren't successful as an entrepreneur because maybe that's not 
they, they don't like that part of it. Right. And it doesn't, that's okay. Like you don't have to like that part of it, but I, I tell people that all the time. I don't think everybody is an entrepreneur and that, you know, I mean, and, and, and I think, you know, social media has made entrepreneurship look cool and there are cool aspects of it if you love it, but it is work yes. and it is different. And, you know, I was just talking to, to my former guests about, you know, an entrepreneur is someone that would rather work 80 hours for themselves and be broke than work for 40 hours for somebody else and actually have money in their bank account. You know, I mean, that's how it is sometimes. And you're not always broke, obviously, but um, the ability to be able to figure out how you can make your own way and push through those hard times, I think that's kind of something that sets an entrepreneur apart. I think there's a control aspect of it, too. Like, I, I like to feel like I'm fully in control of my yeah. own yeah. destiny type of a thing. For sure. And I think there, that's a big aspect of it as well. Yeah, because you're always convinced in your mind, like, ah, this is a, this, things are tight today, but like in a couple months, this is going to be, you know, and you're yeah. always just working towards that next. Oh, yeah. I've woken up in the middle of the night and run numbers on a spreadsheet real quick, you yeah. know, just because yeah. you can't sleep or, but yeah, it's that control aspect of, you know, if I give this much effort or if I come up with this idea or if I, you know, make this work, you know, what I've dreamt of is actually going to happen. Yeah. And that's cool. Well, before we dig real deep into that, and I want to talk a little bit more about entrepreneurship, because I think it's something that's important for people to understand that are either looking to get into it, that are in it right now, or maybe that were in it or something, or maybe know someone that just maybe needs a hug who is an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that. But or coffee. I know the, exactly. <laughs> I know the answer to this. How did you get in to becoming the owner of Fitness Coliseum. Yeah, so I, um, after college, I went to college for dietetics, so clinical nutrition. So I was kind of in that world of health um, and training was always my side job. So I'd always coach classes all the way through college and stuff. Um, went and did an internship down in Florida, came back, and my sister at the time was training for the former owner of Fitness Coliseum, Alec Faber. And he was moving on to another uh, business opportunity that he wanted to take on, another very entrepreneurial mindset yes. person. Fortitude. It, yes. And uh, he was looking, he wanted to sell the gym. And it kind of came across my path. And I was 24, and I thought, this could be really cool. And I just kind of jumped at it. I talked to a few people. Um, in the community, Justin Horvath being one, uh, Brett Roos being one, who had, were kind of in the community and in business, and I just kind of said, what even does this look like to get started? Right. And like, how do I even go about buying and taking over someone's business? And it was a, like about a six-month process, six to nine months, and then it was, I did it. The rest we, is history. Yeah, the rest is history. It was a, a, quite a different business model when I when we yeah. took it over. Um, it was just a boot camp, really. It was a little bit. Of, it was a little bit of boot camp and a lot of actual personal training. Yeah. So, um, like membership was technically very small. Um, very no. Love Alec, zero systems or processes. Yeah. You know, I always say I ran the whole gym for a year on sticky notes. Um, and <laughs> I Missy, can relate. Missy can attest to that. Um, and so it, it evolved, it's evolved a lot since then. But yeah, yeah. that's where we started. Yeah. And then you recently had the opportunity to buy a new location downtown, yeah. which is like three, four times the space. Uh, almost five. Five times the space. Yep, five <laughs> times the space. So we moved from about 2,000 square feet to we used about 10,000 now. Uh, between all three gyms, and then we have a tenant up front. Um, we lease to a restaurant up front as yep, well. Bang and Bowls. Bang and Bowls, Very yeah. good place. And uh, actually owned by one of our trainers as well, so yep. we're kind of a little co-mingled there, which is cool. And, yeah, so we were able to expand, open two new types of fitness. Um, you know, we have more trainers now, and it's really cool. Yeah. It's cool. 
cool it's very that. cool it's very cool and there really is something for everybody and you know i think you go try it out you guys have drop-ins right where people yeah. can come and try out a class and i think people should go try it out so then i guess i'll let you answer this who is the person that should try fitness coliseum i think the person who should try fitness coliseum is the adult who knows they want to feel better. better. They want to feel healthier. They want to be happier. Um, and I think that is a great, we're a great place to start. Um, you can meet people, you can improve your health, you can improve your fitness, you can do it in a supported and safe way. Yep. Um, and I, that's who I think it is. I think it's someone who's sitting there and maybe listening to this and saying, oh, I wish I, wish I could do that. Yeah. You, can, you can and you should. Yeah. You know, if that if you have that little inkling in your head, you're the person who should who should come check it out. Yeah, and you know, people sometimes maybe see the videos online and think, "Oh, I could never do that." But what I like is because it's trainer led, um, you know, I have a tendency again to go too hard at the beginning. Trainers will come like, "Hey, pace yeah, you're yourself." The, you're the person we slow down. Yeah, take it easy <laughs> at the beginning and then by the end it's like I'm puttering out. You're trying to speed <laughs> me back up again. Um, but I like that you know, when there's something I just can't do, you just always come up and give me a modification. Yeah. Like here, just keep moving. And that's what you'll hear at the gym. Lounge. Just keep moving. You know, I still like, I remember at the end, probably like the last four weeks before COVID, I was doing actual burpees and I was so excited to be doing burpees. And now I can't do burpees again. Like I just, my gut's too big. I put on too much weight. I have to do them off a box and no one ever makes me feel bad about doing burpees off a box. It's just a movement. And of course, then trying to challenge myself to do a little bit harder each time. But, you know, um, I've seen people of all sizes, age groups, oh, yeah. and, you know, there's, there's some people that go in and they're literally just kind of almost walking in place during things just to keep moving, but there's yeah. movement happening. And for me, I like what you said about feeling better. Um, you know, I, I've never been the type of person that was like concerned about how I look that much. It just looks was never like my something that I led with. Right, aesthetics weren't your thing. I was always like the personality guy. So, um, but man, as I get older and having the weight, it's how you feel. Like it just it makes you everything's harder, you know. And so, well, it I just like, things like yeah. for you, I think probably what you noticed the most was how much more energy you had to 100%, do this. Hundred percent. Right? Yes. You know, you weren't exhausted at the end of your day. You could yeah, work yeah. an extra hour if you wanted, or you actually had energy at the end of your long day Go do to something. hang out with your kids. Absolutely. Or, you know, that's where you see it. Yeah. So I mean, it definitely has helped me make has helped make me feel a lot better. And so. You know, I think, uh, again, I think everyone should go try it, see what they think about it, and I think that you'll enjoy the community. I do like the community aspect of it as well. So we were talking a little bit about entrepreneurship. I want to get back into that because, as I said, we were at your gym. We just had this great conversation. But you recently won Entrepreneur of the Year. Congratulations. Thank 2023. You. Yeah. I won the award in 2021. Yeah. Um, and we really have similar situations. We both, uh, you know, came from, uh, moved from a small space to a very large space. You know, we've mm -hmm. also like four or five times our space here, um, you know, added layers to our business. You know, I added the print shop and you've added uh, the, the, the CrossFit and the other things, the bar. Um, and when you are both an entrepreneur and a visionary, where like you can already see what the dream gym looks like yeah. in your mind. Yeah. You know, I can see like what the dream agency looks like. It's really hard to stay like focused in today. Like yeah. before I think about the next expansion, let me like maximize what There's I'm like doing today. There's like the build today. it versus fill it yes. concept we were talking about.
All right, let's talk about the challenge that that presents. Like, how do you balance, you know, your vision, which I know you're a visionary because what you've done in six years is incredible. Everybody looking from the outside just thinks, oh, Bree's probably a billionaire by now, right? Not. <laughs> and I know I get the same thing. It's not. It's, it's not, You're nope. pouring all of your money back into your business, yeah. not into your bank account. Yeah. Um, so how do you balance that? being a visionary, like wanting to get to the next thing because you're still not done in your mind with really taking care of what's in your lap today? I think it's a couple of things. I think one, having a better, learning a better concept of where really that vision needs to be. Um, because I did for a long, for a long time, I've only been doing this six years. It feels like a lifetime. <laughs> feels like a lifetime. Um, and then I talk to people who've been doing this for 25 years and I feel like a child. Um, but for a long time, I kept just thinking like bigger, 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 you know, and then I think once we got bigger, which we're much bigger now, I've realized that bigger doesn't necessarily always mean better in terms of what we're doing um, or like my lifestyle, that type of thing. Or so profit. I, or profit, 100%. <laughs> so I think it's kind of adjusting that vision to realize that the vision doesn't always mean getting bigger. It can be mean, mean getting better. It can be meaning getting more efficient. It can, you know, you can yeah. mean, you can visionary, you can visualize and yeah. improve in a lot of different ways that don't necessarily encompass expanding, which I think is important. Or meet your, really your ultimate objectives of just being happy and having yes. work-life balance. Because, you know, every business is a cash-eating monster. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. But a $100,000 a year cash-eating monster is not nearly as stressful as a million-dollar a year cash-eating monster. Yep. And, you know, having a $50,000 annual payroll or versus having a $100,000 annual payroll or more. It's, it's, it's That was a huge thing that changed for me. I went yeah. from having Missy, yeah. one person yeah. on my payroll, to 14, yeah. which was a, in, you know, a year. Yeah. You know, we made that change very quickly. So it... It is a lot more stressful, and so I think you balance that. You kind of keep yourself reined in by adjusting your vision yeah. and being smarter about your vision. And then I think you kind of just realize that you have to. You know, everyone says you know work on your business, not in your business. You know, you hear right. that oh, a yeah. lot all the time. And and I don't disagree with it. I think you obviously have to work on your business, but working on your business doesn't always mean growing. It means improving what you're doing. It means maybe being more present or, you know, um, you know, sewing into your staff and helping them be better, yeah. you know, those types of things. And I think you just find different ways to work on your business. So you, f we, we fulfill that I yeah. need to be doing something yeah. aspect that we all have. Um, I need to be improving. I need to be doing something by improving what you currently have versus yeah, um, I mean, I, grow. I hear the ratio, you know, I've read it in multiple books, like uh, a visionary or a CEO should be working 80% on the business and 20% in the business. And I really think that cannot be a blanket for every business. Mm -hmm. I think that it depends on what season your business is in. You know, if you're a newer business, which to me, you're six years, I'm eight, that's still a pretty new business oh, yeah. by a lot of, you know, most businesses never see a profit for five years yeah. minimum. And so, um, I think for me, like, you know, we've recently, we've implemented EOS here, which is very big on the owner is 80% on the business, 20% in the business. So I kind of pulled back my involvement in the day to day. And for me, I realized like that does have an impact on the business that our business right now is not quite ready for. Like mm -hmm. we're not quite ready yet for me, the person who is the brainchild behind all this, 
Um, and the person who really cares about it the most, nobody's going to care about it as much as me. And why oh, should they ever? Yeah. Um, so for me to say, I'm going to pull back and live the good life after eight years of labor, it's just not. So I think you have to be careful when you read those books because you think, oh, if I'm, I'm not doing it right, if I'm so involved. And yes. I think you can also be too involved where you're like the linchpin or you're the bottleneck. Mm-hmm. So it's finding the, the balance, the creative solution to figure out, okay, um, payroll's tight this week, right. which means I might have to design a website or two. I might have to uh, go print some shirts this week. I might have to, you know, and send some staff home uh, to save that money, which, you know, every entrepreneur book would say, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing this. And I think you just have to, books are a guide. The one thing, I mean, I love reading books, but the one thing I hate about books is they always act like their their solution is the blanket solution for every single business. Okay, so I have to bring this up because this is the way this yes. conversation is going. Yes. So I, and I'm not kidding you, this like started a week ago, and you don't have to put this actually in the podcast. We can. You, you can cut it out. But I have decided I want to write a book. Okay. And I want to call it The First Five Years. Yes. Because I, and I wanted, I want, because I've, I've read all those same books. Yeah. I've read Four Hour Work Week and Profit First yeah. and like all of those ones that tell you to like, you know, de, you know, um, decentralize yeah. and to you should be, you know, you should be only owning and not operating and you should right. do this and you should do this. And now we watch all these like TikTokers and, and stuff who are telling us how to get passive income, right? Yeah. Like passive income is yeah. the new buzzword of yeah. <laughs> just buy, you know, you should just buy real estate and buy companies that run themselves and sell stuff online. Like, that's what everyone's like preaching Trend. right now. And I'm and one, it bothers me because I'm like, you don't wanna live where you live because of people who are making passive income. Right. You wanna live in Owasso because of the restaurants and because of Foster and because of you know of community. the of the community and the small businesses. You know, it's not those people like love Randy, you know, but like Yes, he keeps all the businesses, all the buildings going and all of that. Like Randy's an amazing person for our community. But no one moves to Owasso saying, I want to move to Owasso because I love to walk around and see all Randy Woodsworth's buildings. Right. No. You know? Right. Like they, yeah. they want to be around because of what's in Randy Woodworth's buildings. Exactly. And so I think, one, the like owning a small brick-and-mortar business has gotten a little bit like pooped on recently in in just like the world um and i think all those uh books they talk about what's after those first five years right they don't talk about the fact that yeah you're gonna work 80 hours and maybe not pay yourself one week and you're gonna you know you're gonna do all these things but it's gonna be so rewarding because it's serving your community and it's something you're passionate about and all of these things so i would love to kind of take those that information and actually put that out there for people. Something real. Yeah, I would yeah. definitely read that. And I've often thought about writing something too that's a little more, because I always feel like every book that I read, like the first two or three chapters are like excellent, like really, really good. It's the meat. And then you have like six or seven chapters that is just like repeating what you already said and, you know, right. to fill a book, mm-hmm. you know. And I think somebody that wrote like this, the real life experience, like, you know, um, that helps you through those ideas of, yeah. You know, I actually had someone say to me the other day, like, yeah, there's no money in owning a, a small business. They're really, if oh, you're yeah. going to make people tell me that all the time, you're going to make money. You have to have this passive income. And, and I agree there are, you should diversify, yeah, you and should diversify. Of, but you also have to know what you want out of life. Oh my gosh. Right. This is to, literally what I've been thinking to, about for like two weeks right now. Right. Exactly. And I'm in the same boat because it's like, you know, my business, it pays me. 
Yeah. It gives me freedom. It gives me some things that I enjoy. It gives me opportunities to spend time with my family. You and were able to move into a bigger house for your family. Yes. I mean, so it's giving I know where your house is. You don't live in a mansion, yeah. but you, you know, exactly. you were able to do something it's like that. Plenty of space. We love it. It's perfect for us. It's it's afforded me things that you know maybe a job could also afford me, but it, it gives me a lot of things that a job couldn't or wouldn't. And to me, like I have never had like visions of being a billionaire. It's just not me. I, you know, and like I'm not not pooping on anyone that wants that to be wants a billionaire. to be a billionaire. Yeah, but like or you, make money off of real estate right. or you know, you have to know like what makes you happy. Yeah. And if your life becomes consumed by something to get to the next financial state or whatever, um, then sometimes it can just be overwhelming. And so. You know, again, I don't think there's any cookie cutter solution for any person. I think a true entrepreneur uh, it starts with having a really good idea and then the ability to execute it and just say, I'm going to be broke for an undetermined amount of time and be willing to do that. <laughs> yeah. You lived in your gym. Yep. We moved to a tiny little like 1200 square foot house in Corona that was a fixer upper. We rented uh, and, you know, all my kids were sharing bedrooms. Um and we just said, I told my wife, we're just do this for a year or two. We lived in the house for almost five years <laughs> before we could afford to buy something that was big enough for us. And so if you have the idea, you're willing to be broke for an undetermined amount of yeah, time. Make the sacrifice. And you're willing to push forward on it. And even when other people tell you it's not a good idea, it's not going to work, you find creative ways to make it work and make it happen. That's what I think are the things that truly encompass an entrepreneur. And a lot of people give up when it gets difficult, not because they're a bad business person, not because they're a bad worker, not because they didn't have a good idea, but they may just not have that entrepreneurial disease. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a disease. It really is. Yeah. Ask my husband. It's a disease. For sure. <laughs> for sure it is. But even like, yeah, it's, it's either, you know, maybe they don't quite see how they can get to that end point that they originally envisioned. Or maybe they've realized that they're not quite willing to do what it might take to get there, which yeah. is both, again, we talked about totally fine. Yep. Um, and I, I t think about this sometimes, and especially, you know, I have a degree, whatever. I could probably make as much or more money than I currently am working for someone else. For sure. Um, but it's not what I want to do. I get to go to work and love what I do every day, yep. even if it's more hours than maybe I would for someone else. And then I have that idea of what I'm building for. And yeah. I think that's just so cool. Well, I think if you are out there and you crave entrepreneurship, you want to start your own thing, you want to do your own thing. I think that's a cool thing to want. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you're in entrepreneurship right now and you're really struggling, like you started this thing and now you're like, how did I get here? This is way more than I ever anticipated. Mm -hmm. How do I dig myself out? Um, I think you should sit down and talk with somebody who you perceive to be a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, I remember talking with Casey Voss in my season one where, you know, she had this huge salon over at the, the, uh, the Woodard station. She won a national award for like one of the best salons, like as far as decor and in the whole in the whole country and like from every metric that you could measure with your eyes. Social super media, successful. Super successful. And she ended up losing that business and had to start all over. And she talks about like the vulnerability of, you know, growing too fast, expanding too fast, doing too many things that, that she didn't need to do. And well, that's you, you get that. So I think if you're in that, you should really talk to somebody and ask some honest questions, because um, I think 
everybody should try something that they want to do. Like I'm a big cheerleader for, yeah, go do it. You know, I always say it in my podcast, you can't, never could until you tried. So, you know, I really want people to try something, but I think talking to somebody who can give you the real understanding of this is what it's going to be. And if you're willing to really push through this difficult thing, knowing that it's just a season of my life, then you're probably onto something. I feel like I've been on both sides of that conversation at this point, and it's been really cool. Like I've been, um, like Nick and John at Foster, yeah. I, I got really close to them mostly because I drank a lot of coffee um, and just happened to, you know, really engage with them a lot. And so I've gotten to hear certain things from them. Um, and again, Foster is one of those ones where I was like, Foster is just killing it. They never yeah. struggle. They oh, just yeah. love life and they're doing great. You know, and they ended up closing Flint, yeah. you know, a hard decision, but one they had to make and they're doing well. And, you know, so that was an interesting way. Like, same thing. I got to talk to them about that. And then now I've had some younger entrepreneurs start businesses since I've been around and talk to me and, you know, come to me with, oh, my gosh, you know, employee problems or just even, you know, money problems or how do you dig your way out of this? And realizing that I'm on the other side of that now, right. you know, six years in saying, right. oh, I remember that. And this is how you do it or this is how maybe you handle it. Yeah. Um, or, yep, that sucks. That sucks. You know, sometimes you, that's the response. Yep, that sucks. Yeah. It's going to happen again. Well, exactly. And then being willing to make adjustments. Like you yeah. said, John and Nick had to make a call. Like yeah. this store isn't making money and it's it's draining on us. And, you know, sometimes you you have this idea to grow and expand. And growth for growth's sake isn't just a good thing. Um, there needs to be a reason behind it and a vision. But then once you do it, you got to really push through that. And I think sometimes we struggle to take a step back, to downsize because of our ego. Oh, 100% what are people going to think? I'm the entrepreneur of the year. I can't be struggling. Yeah. You know, people think I have this big successful business. What are they going to think if I raise my prices or close this portion of my business or adjust this? And that's a tough thing. It's a real thing, you know, because, you know, when you're in the business, like in our situation, we're in the business of helping people grow their business. Right. <laughs> so, so if you screw up, what's up? What right. So if, if we're not growing our business, then, you know, and so the truth is you have to recognize that growing a business is only one part of it. Yeah. It's making that growth into something that makes money and is sustainable. And, um, you know, it's just all part of the journey. And so I think that people have to understand that um, there's a lot of ways to make money, a lot, especially today, the world of the Internet. You could make money doing just about anything. But... Um, there's struggles that come with it and there's real things and you either will love it or you will hate it. And I think for me, that's probably the number one way to determine if you actually have that entrepreneurial bug, if you find ways to just creatively push through it. And, yeah. you know, I just last night, I woke up from a dream that I was having about this place, about going through the finances, trying to figure out how we're going to pay this one, how we're going to pay that one. I'm like, why am I dreaming about this stuff? You right. know, it's just real life. Yeah. But I will say that's something that I think I've improved on, especially since the expansion, because I had such a strong vision of what the new expanded gym was going to look like and how it was going to function. And you can always, you can only think of so much, yeah. right? The demand and the market and every, and the members and everything, they actually are the ones who kind of decide what's going to work yeah. or not, right? Yeah, right. So yeah. there's even some things that have already adjusted from what I originally envisioned and I think are going to adjust more mm -hmm. and realizing that that's not failure or that's not that I was wrong. It's just that 
this is the new growth is to adjust and change with yeah. what's what's needed and what's being demanded so that we can continue to be successful. Yeah. Um, I just you know was listening one day the other day to um, just a reel on Facebook and uh, someone said you know. Uh, business is not finite. Like you can't, it doesn't end. Yeah. Like business, the business is staying in business. Like the goal of being in business is staying Every in business day. to a degree, right? Like obviously there's other goals, but it's an ongoing thing. You never just win and be like, I'm good. Yep. You, I did it. Bye-bye. Yeah. Like uh, Brett Roos. Uh, Unless you, you sell. Yeah. Right. And then you can be done. But then even, yeah. Um, but like Brett Roos, I remember when I first started, I said to him, uh, one day, like, I think this is going to work. And Brett just goes, it never works. And I'm like, well, that was the most yeah. mean thing you could ever tell someone right. about to start a business. Right. And he expanded and he was kind of like, it never just works because like once it's working, then you either grow or you adjust or, you know, maintain yeah. you know, or maintain. It never just works and you're done. Yeah. Like, that's just not, that's not how it is. Well, listen, if you're listening, listen, if you're listening, um, <laughs> <laughs> be willing to adapt. Yeah chase that dream, pursue that thing, but talk to some people who've gone through it. It is harder than it looks. Mm -hmm. You know, I've said sometimes that, you know, because uh, I've had a lot of young people go out and try their own thing, and, you know, I think sometimes people like, oh, if Tony could do it, anybody can do it. And maybe sometimes you make it look easier than it is, but it's just hard work. And if you're not afraid of hard work and you're not afraid to do the difficult things, I mean, that's kind of the whole reason behind the podcast here. Um, is, you know, if you're looking for the easy way out, entrepreneurship is probably not that. No. Um, but man, it's so rewarding if you love it. Yeah. It's so rewarding. If you love it. If you love yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, it's just fun. I look forward to coming to work most days. Yeah. There are days when it just sucks, but that's any job you Life. get. Yeah. Certainly way more good days than bad days. And so I just think, yeah, I, I hope that you do write that book. If there's anything I can do to help with that or contribute to that, Probably I can think, interview you. yeah, I think just understanding like there is this real part of it and it might even need to be called the first 10 years right. <laughs> because, you know, most people I know that have kind of crest the hill and are now it's after it's 10. 10 years, it's 10 years. Five and, is surviving. Yeah. Like yeah. I've told people this cause we just hit five in April was our, was my fifth year. So it's like. I remember thinking so many times, like, I just have to get to five years because what 90% of small businesses fail oh, in the first five years, yeah. right? So it's like, you just have to get to five years. And now it's like, okay, you made it to five years, but now this thing has to like more than survive. Yeah. You've got to like, you've got to have the what's next. You've got to start to plan. Maybe one day you'll sell. You've got to start to plan, you know, another revenue stream. You've got to own yep. your building. You know, it just goes from there. But yeah, 100%. the first five years is just surviving. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, I think we kind of re- captured what we were talking about it seemed very similar to the conversation yeah. we had that day i hope that's a help to you i hope that's uh listen i would say i can't offer brie but i would say if you're out there in the, in this relatable situation or thinking about it give me a call we'll go sit and have a coffee i'd love to share my experience with you yeah, I'll and talk, talk to you through it yeah absolutely so we we normally do this thing called 50 questions yeah. uh and you know it's a new thing for season five um, are we in season five or season four? This is season five. Sheesh. <laughs> See, I don't even know what season we're on. Um, and so because we spent so much time talking on entrepreneurship, which was great, I think I'm just going to rapid fire these ba bad boys and okay. I'll try not to contribute anything. I'll just get your answers because yeah, I have a hard time. Fast. Like Dan's a really good interviewer. He interviewed me and he never like inserts himself. No, he just listened to my answers and went to the next question. So I got to learn. All right, I got to learn from Dan. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear what I have to say. They've heard it for 105 <laughs> episodes. Okay, okay, you ready? Yes. How did you start your day today? 
teaching the 5 a.m. boot camp. If you could spend the day with anyone in the world, who would that be? Right now it would be Rachel Hollis. What would you do with Rachel? Have coffee with her. What is the one thing you'd love to master? Right now, handstand walking. I'm working on that. <laughs> who is your number one fitness inspiration? I like Cara Saunders. Are you a caller or a texter? A texter. Who was the last person you texted? My husband. Where were you born and raised? Ovidelsie. Um, where'd you go to high school? Also Ovidelsie. So you already answered this question earlier, college at Michigan State. Yep. Um, what did you study there? Dietetics. Which has was the better at-home fitness VHS? Buns of steel or sweating to the oldies? Do you remember either of those? Those were way before my so time, <laughs> but I was in the Tybo world. Oh, Tybo. My mom yes. did Tybo, and I remember doing that with her yes. when I was like 10. Double time. Yeah. What is the most reference body part in your classes? Mm, your butt. The buttocks, I figured. Yep, what have you butt. done for the very first time recently? Uh, me and my husband have decided to try and grow grapes and, yeah, in make ten wine and jam. In 10 years, what will you regret doing way too much of? Worrying about things I can't control. If you could resurrect one person from history and place them in today's world, who would it be? Robin Williams. Who's your fa what's your favorite thing about Owasso? I like that it is everyone's hometown. Which musician makes the best music to work out to? Bishop Briggs. You were a competitive cheerleader, I hear. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite and least favorite part about that? Um, favorite, I liked that how strong I was benefited me a lot. I didn't have to be fast or run, um, but strength was great. And I did not like judging was subjective. It's not like basketball, you score a point. It's all subjective judging. What is the most important quality that a successful person should have? The ability to make decisions. What is a daily habit that everyone should do? General movement. What is your number one cheat meal or food? Cheese of any kind. What is your go-to karaoke song? Famous in a Small Town by Miranda Lambert. What do you say to someone who hates working out? You haven't found the type of fitness that you like yet, so keep trying different types. Which of these two workouts gets the most complaints? And I know both of them get a lot of complaints from me. Burpees or Turkish get-ups? Ooh, Turkish get-ups, I think. People complain more. I just still don't understand them. but Because you have to think while you do them. Burpees, you can just shut your brain off. You have to think for Turkish get-ups. What is your favorite sport? I like to watch football. Favorite way to spend a Sunday? Um, sleep in, workout, brunch. Describe yourself as a kid. I was very clumsy. Um, and very chatty. What would you advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? To think more about what I wanted my life to look like and less about what I wanted to do. When is the first time you truly felt successful? When we opened the new location. How much water should a person drink every day? Um, at least half your body weight in ounces, but it varies based on who you are. What is your favorite podcast? You. Well, thank you anyway. I'm actually, I will, I will confess this. I am not a podcast listener. Yeah. I am music or I read. I'm not a podcast listener. Or I do listen to see a lot of reels. I've never listened yeah. to his podcast. I know he has one, but I watch probably 15 Gary Vee reels a day. Gary Vee is awesome. So, love Gary Vee. Episode 100.
Um, if you were stranded on an island with only one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, ooh, the Hamilton soundtrack. How many times a week should someone work out? Uh, probably three for general health. Uh, more if you have more specific goals, but depends on the person. 75 hard, Every which day. you uh, just completed. Yeah, back in April. What was the most difficult part for you about 75 hard? The most difficult part for me was the scheduling of it because my days are a little bit crazy and they change a lot. So there was some like, you know, 4 a.m. walks that happened. Um, tell us about the results you uh, achieved and why should somebody try 75 hard? I achieved um, obviously like fitness results. I lost like 13 pounds of body fat um, and added some muscle mass. It was great. I definitely saw my um, like fitness go up. I am kind of getting into the, like the lower level world of like competitive type CrossFit. Um, and I definitely saw myself improve. But for me, it was realizing that I could be that consistent for that long. And not, it almost like forced me to get rid of all my excuses because if you can do it perfectly for 75 yeah. days, you can do pretty much anything 90% for the rest of your life. The mental aspect of it. Yeah. Well, as we sit here and record today, I'm on day 45. So nice. I think when this airs, I might be done. So hopefully I complete by yeah. then. This will air in like two or three weeks. So we're getting close. I don't know. It might not be quite there yet. Um, if Hollywood made a movie about you, who would you like to see cast as you? Mm, Zoe Deschanel. What is Bree's number one fitness goal for 2023? I want to be able to complete all of the 2023 quarterfinals workouts for the CrossFit Games correctly and like fully. I think I know the answer to this, but MSU or U of M? MSU. Favorite quote? Um, success is liking what you do and liking how you do it. What is your favorite lift and why? I like power cleans because I'm good at them. <laughs> if you had one last meal, what are you eating? Breakfast. Anything. What is success to you? Um, success to me is being happy with how your life is, whether it's how much money you have, what you're doing for work, your family. If you are happy in as many aspects of your life as, life as possible, I think you're successful. Happiness is underrated. Now, your husband recently has had quite the fitness journey as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are you most impressed with about his fitness journey? I'm just so impressed with how well-rounded his fitness really is. Um, we talked about earlier he's 6'4 and giant, um, and he's always been really strong, but he now can run like an eight-minute mile and do pull-ups and toes-to-bars. So he's got some super well-rounded fitness, um, and he's actually starting to believe it now, which is cool. What's one totally irrational fear that you have? Oh, I hate, I don't even know if it's a fear, but like bugs that crunch, I won't, I don't like to crunch them. Like if you're going to kill them, like I, I just wrap them in as much paper towel as I can and throw them away because I hate the feeling of the crunch. <laughs> Who is the most consistent member at Fitness Coliseum? We have a lot. Um, probably from the beginning, Jill Woodworth, Karen Vandermolen, um, those two that come to mind, they, I got them with the gym. Yeah. So they've been around a long <laughs> they, time, they're always and they're there. very consistent. Um, CrossFit, yeah, I, it doesn't matter what time of day I go. It seems like Jill's always, almost always at the class I choose, and I go all the different <laughs> she times. She stalks you. 
Yeah. Crossfitters have often been considered kind of crazy. Who is your most crazy CrossFitter at Backroom CrossFit? Probably. Die hard. Probably Brad. Um, he just doesn't have any other hobbies, so he just CrossFits all the time. Probably Brad. <laughs> if you could broadcast a message to the entire world right now, what would you say? Uh, that you are in charge of your happiness, and if you are not happy, it is, your, it is up to you to make a change, and you totally can. What is something important that you've learned in your life that could help other people be successful? Not everyone is going to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, and it's okay. Like, you don't have to explain yourself, and just because other people don't get it doesn't mean it's wrong. In your opinion, what sets successful people apart from unsuccessful people? I think the ability to make decisions, the ability to work hard and realize that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel and the ability to be flexible. We made it to question number 50. That was quick. That's pretty fast. Yeah. With everything going on in your life today, what makes Bree the most happy these days? I am super enjoying like building a life with Andrew. Like we're getting ready to build a house and we're renovating another house and we've you know, decided to do grapevine things and planning vacations. And um, I think we're going to get a dog, like that type of stuff. I got you some know. dogs for sale. Ooh. You need a big dog though, right? Andrew seems like a big dog guy. We're going to get an Airedale. Okay. It's, okay. We're very specific. That's why he had grown up. He loves them. <laughs> okay. Um, we're actually going to get him from a girl I cheered with when I was in high school. Very cool. Um, they breed him over in Elsie. But yeah, that's been, it's so cool to see and like be in that mode of life right now that like building what the rest of our life is going to look like. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on everything. And thank you for sharing. We learned everything about, you know, I mean, yeah. pretty much we know, yeah. we know everything. And so now you don't have to be intimidated to go into fitness Coliseum and meet Bree. Uh, what I enjoyed is I just talked to her about what some of my fitness goals were and she's been so encouraging all along the way. Uh, and even a little like, Hey, I haven't seen you at the gym in a while when I, when I run into her around town. So it's been very good. So go check it out. Um, we are going to now, uh, this was Casey's idea. We have a little fitness challenge, which I fully anticipate you will smoke me, but right. we were talking about what, you know, what fitness moves, I guess I was good at. And I said, you know, I have strong legs. The only thing I can think of is I can pretty consistent. It can do heavy weight is, is squatting. So he's like, all right, we're going to have a squat off. So I think we're going to go to your gym right now and do that. Yeah. So that should be fun. Go easy on me. Actually, don't. No easy way great. out. But before we go, again, thank you for being on the show. Before we go, look into that camera and plug whatever it is you'd like to plug. Um, yeah, this is Bree from Fitness Coliseum here in Owasso. Come check us out if you are someone who has thought at all about improving your life and your fitness and your wellness. We are here for you and we want to help. Um, we've got a fittest 5k coming up. So if you're someone who wants to kind of challenge yourself in fitness, uh, we've got that and yeah, make yourself happy and, uh, come check out fitness Coliseum if you like it. Come check it out. All right, Bree. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks. We appreciate it. We look forward to the squat off. I think he has it called the iron cheeks challenge. Oh. Uh, okay, <laughs> so we'll see about how that goes. But thank you for watching. And uh, as my mother always said, you can't and never could until you tried. So go out there and try something great, my friends. And don't take the easy way out. We'll see you next time. Hey, guys. 
it's Casey again, and today we're taking the game on the road. We are here in Backroom CrossFit with Coach Bree, Coach course, T, and of course Tony. Coach um, T. Something you might not know about me is I am also a USA weightlifting coach, and I coach right here at Fitness College. We all know that already. You tell us every day. Every day. He <laughs> won Guinness World Records. We get it. So with that said, um, I will be judging the competition here. So for all you gym rats out there who I know are going to criticize this, uh, both contestants will be going parallel in order for their max rep back squat to count. So we've got Tony Nash here. Coach T. Coach T's keys to success. We'll versus Coach Bree. And uh, I don't know, you guys sound off in the comments before you watch this. Who do you think is going to have the highest squat? Tony, what do you think you're going to hit today? Well, all I want to say first is you always get me into these crazy challenges. It's supposed to be a podcast, and every week you have a new game that I have to participate in, which are fun, so I appreciate the effort. But this one might be the hardest one yet because I'm going up against, you know, the, the legend here. And, you know, in, in my day, I could squat, you know, 400 plus. But is today, is today my day? We'll see. I don't know. All right, Bree, what, what do you think you're going to get up to here? I hear uh, you're starting to push about 700 pounds now. About 700. It did work out. This is our uh, one rep week in our cycle right now, so worked out perfect. I just get to do it on camera. Yeah. All right, so you guys are going to see us climb up. We're going to start at uh, 125, 135 pounds right here. So, uh, contestants, let's... Before uh, we start, I want to give you Coach T's three keys to success. Number one, you got to show up. I'm here today. I might get my butt kicked by Bree, but I'm here. Number two... You don't take the easy way out, okay? And this is, I, if the easy way out would have been staying home. Key number three from Coach T is you can't and never could until you tried. So go out there and try something great, my friends, and don't do what I said number two. All right, we got T Nash going first. He's gonna start off with 135 pounds. Let's see, I will be checking for form, so I will reserve the right to Zach Munoz no rep him if I need to. Also, Casey gave me this ridiculous headband. But we call this light work here. All right, just one squat is all we're doing. Oh, let me do that again. There we go. I almost fell forward on that one. That's a little, got me a little worried there. Ah, all right. We got a light rep for Coach Bree. A light rep of 135 pounds. Take it away, breathe. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Got 185 on the bar for T Nash. All right, let's see how we can do. Hopefully, it's better than the last one. There you go. That was a solid one. Didn't even hear your knees crack. So we got 185 for Coach Bree. She, she makes it look so much easier than I do. <laughs> she doesn't look like it's even a challenge yet. And I kind of felt like uh, that was a lot of weight on that last one. Tony's just getting up to 225 and Bria suggested that I start spotting him. So um, we'll see, we'll see right here. They're worried about me. Just keep you safe, man. Just keep you safe. I appreciate it. Ready? Here we go, baby. Oh, 
it's going to match it. The 225, here we go. It's got the good breathing Ooh, technique. Oh, it's solid. Got the good breathing technique in there. All right, so we are now moving up to some pretty heavy jump. weight. It's a 50 pound jump, 275 on the bar, pop T. Pop T, are you going to spot me on this one? I have no idea what to expect here. It is a little tipsy. It's good parallel. Right. Salad. You got a chance, Tony. You got a chance. All right, we are now up to 275 pounds for Coach Bree and for a woman. That is super impressive, but she's more than a woman. My woman. Let's go, Coach. Boom. One thing I always tell my students in Coach T's gym is you want to make sure you put weights on both sides of the dumbbell, <laughs> the barbell, excuse me, only rookies call it a dumbbell. This is a barbell, and I knew that. But you got to put the same weight on both sides or it's a lot more difficult. So sometimes I inadvertently try to make it more challenging, but. All right, 285 on the bar for Coach T. 285, all right, here we go. All day, Tony. I need some like, no easy way out playing. That's all right. <laughs> all right, here we go, baby. Picture Rocky IV. Yeah. There's no easy way out. Okay, so we are up to 285 for Coach Bree, which will be a new PR. Let's hit it. Now listen, the, the, the thing is here, is these gams right here have been carrying around 300 plus pounds for about 10 years. So <laughs> it's really not it's, not, it's an unfair advantage. We are up to Tony's final attempt today. Don't do um, As I used to coach Coach Bree, you just don't tell him the weight and he'll probably hit it. Right. So I'm gonna get back behind him to spot it. This is his glory lift. So if I gotta throw it back, you better watch out. <laughs> Feeling strong. Drank a raw egg this morning. I jogged in downtown Philadelphia up some stairs. Oh yeah, that's heavy. Oh yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. Here we go. Here we go. This is for you, Isaiah. Five pounds I have a tiger, baby. Right I have a tiger. A tiger. I, I, I owe it all to this headband right here. So, breathe. Oh. Breathe. Nice job. Good job. Oh, for the <laughs> here. Good job. Yep. Valiant effort here, but uh, as you can see, both athletes performed very well today. Athletes. Uh, in the squat challenge. I like it. Um, but unfortunately, I have to. <gasps> first challenge of the year, I think, right? So, I does this mean you're going to buy the gym now? 
No, you just not take over the gym? No way. Coach T is going to stick to basketball. Coach T is going to stick to basketball. And Coach Reed is going to stick to fitness. Oh,